as much as I knew that people had this need because we talked to hundreds of people before we started, it was one of those things where actually having that response in the flesh was, yes, it was surprising. It was encouraging. Hello people of the interwebs, I'm Tash Doherty and welcome to the Practical Guide to Pussyhood, the show about birth control, periods and liberating yourself from the patriarchy. My guest today is Agia Mather. She's co-founder and CEO of Avia. Avia is a smart pill case. It automatically records when you took your birth control pill and if you haven't, it sends you reminders until you take it. And I wanted to bring you Avia when it's still in the beta phase because I think this product is going to be a game changer for everyone on the pill. And you can find more about it from www.avia.io. That's www.aavia.io so that you can sign up and get a head start. And I've been following the co-founders Agia, Aya, and Alexis since before they graduated from MIT. And their story is super inspiring. Avia was recently featured on Forbes' list of 53 women-led startups disrupting health tech. Agia herself has been featured in the top 100 women in femtech and health tech and on MedTech's Boston list of 40 under 40 healthcare innovators. I met Agia at New Lab, which is this amazing co-working space in Brooklyn. There were all different kinds of startups in this giant warehouse, which formerly was a Navy shipyard. And it had all these different urban farm startups. So they had little UV lights and trays and everything all around and robotic startups. So it was just a really, really cool vibe. So if you ever get the chance to go to New Lab, I would definitely check it out. And with that, it's time to get started. So Agia Mather, founder and CEO of Avia.io. And I would describe it as a, a smart pill case company. Is that the product right now or is that the vision as well? That's such a great question. Um, we definitely have that as our first product, as our first solution. We are actually a hormonal health company. So um, playing in the femtech space or women's health and wellness, if you will, our larger vision is actually to help people take control of um, and understand their hormones and their hormonal cycles so that they can actually optimize their potential. So the first step in that is actually if you're taking birth control, it is actually hormones that you're taking in getting that regulated. So by um, actually taking it on time every time. Definitely. I, the reason why I wanted to interview with you is because I used to be on the pill and I feel like this problem resonates with so many people. It bothers me as well because I think it gives the pill a bad rap because the pill, is, it makes us feel like we have to be perfect people and basically nobody can take a pill perfectly for no years chance. and years at yeah. a time. As organized as you are, there's always going to be like one day when you leave it at home. People go on the pill, they know that they're supposed to take it on time at the same time every day. If you don't, it, the efficacy of it actually drops 90x. So that's pretty large, right? <laughs> And from there, when you do miss it or you do take it way later than you intended to take it, what we've learned from a lot of our users is that it's stressful, it's a nightmare. And then actually in the US, one million people who are on the pill have unintended pregnancies every year. 
One million. That's outrageous when you think about the fact that there's only four million births in the U.S. every year. Of course, not all one million of those um, result in births, but just put that into context, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I think that that's something that really sticks out to us and something that we think about a lot is having actually a grander impact um, on the U.S. to start at least and then beyond. Yeah, birth control is such a high leverage thing. If you can solve even a small number of women's problems in birth control, then you not only save everyone so much stress, the opportunities just abound from it. We've been reading in Melinda Gates' books and everything, like it's a whole area. And I think as somebody who studies statistics as well, the statistics on people taking the pill on time, all these things are so terrible. Yeah. It's just such a massive issue that it's amazing. I'm so glad that you're building yeah, this product and thanks. that it exists. Yeah. It's so sad that this is only happening now. You know what I mean? Like I wish that we had built this thing 50 years ago when the pill first came out. So yeah, if you could explain like how the pill pack actually works, then I think we can also see how technology is playing a role in the fact that this product can be developed. Sure, so we have a smart pill case. It's about it's pocket size, so you know you can take it anywhere you want, and you just store your birth control pills in the case. It's actually any shape and size of blister pack works with the technology itself, and as you store your pills in there, it knows the count and the position of the pills that are in the pack, and so it knows then if it's 10 p.m. and there should only be seven pills in there, but there are actually eight pills, so you haven't taken today's pill, it knows you haven't taken it yet. So it continues reminding you until you actually take it. And then on top of that, it automatically records the time that you've taken it. So when we ask our users, like, what is your actual pain point with the pill? It's, I'm busy. I have a million one priorities, and this is something that should only take me 30 seconds, but it just doesn't happen because you're trying to make it at work. You have relationships that you're trying to build and maintain, and these are actually the top two priorities that we hear from people. And so the reason that you're even missing the pill is because you are in the middle of an email when that phone alarm goes off. Actually, this is something that happened to me yesterday of I was trying to do something, I had an alarm go off and I finished what I was doing and I was about to go check my lineup for fantasy football <laughs> and um, somebody came to speak to me so I never actually finished it even though I had an alarm go off to do that, right? So it's kind of a case in point right there for anyone who's not on the pill of how easy that is to just forget to do that. Yeah. It automatically records in the app what time you took it. So all you have to do now is swipe open. Whereas we had people tell us that they would call doorman, they would call the cleaning lady, they would call their roommate, significant other. Actually, two people told us that the number of times that they Ubered home in the middle of the day was something that they wanted to decrease just to check if they took it or not. Oh my God. What I'm kind of bummed about is that I felt like as a girl taking birth control, this is all your responsibility. If you add up the collective time that everyone is thinking about taking their pill on time every day, it's mind boggling. And the fact that guys don't even have to think about it. Yeah, I so I will actually push back a little bit on that because we've had men purchase this for their significant others. And the stories we heard from them is like, some of them actually had alarms on their phones and they were sending them reminders in and then until she texted him back and was like, I took it, he was still worrying about it. <laughs> we had a gentleman who shared with us that his first daughter was because his wife 
was it taking the pill consistently? So there are different scenarios in which they do care because it is a shared responsibility, but I would say that it's probably for different types of relationships that it matters that way. Yeah, definitely. I guess it matters if you're in a long-term committed relationship, your partner's probably more invested and might consider having an alarm on his phone, whereas if you're just, you know, single, mingling as you choose, you're not going to get as much support from your male counterparts, yeah. which is interesting. <laughs> So how did you get started on this topic? I want to first go back a little bit and ask you more about like where you grew up. What was your town like? Where are you from? <laughs> sure. I was born and raised in Yorktown, Virginia. It was a military town, so I did have friends who came and went. My older brother is actually seven and a half years older than me. So come fifth grade, I was actually an only child basically in the house. Uh, so I do think that that has impacted <laughs> the way that I've grown up, both in having a brother in my earliest years of life. You know, when you, he is that much older, you have this sense of like wanting to impress him almost or wanting to do things he does or... Very early on, I took interest in sports. I was just talking about studying my fantasy football league. Um, I've also grown up with mostly boy cousins. Um, and so playing basketball and soccer throughout, I, from like elementary school all the way through 11th grade. And I think math and science is something I've always been interested in, which led me to believe that I needed to become a doctor in mm. order for that to be a thing. So I actually was a science nerd in um, high school also. Wow. Yeah. So you were like way on the science train before you even left high school. That's <laughs> yes, like amazing. It actually carried in to college with me very much so. So I was a neuroscience major in undergrad and that was all great. I took the MCAT wow. and I wish now I wish I didn't though in the moment it was obviously the right thing to do. But I started a um, small business in undergrad and I think that that paired with being in student council led me to learn about something that's beyond science and medicine. And I saw this world of business and how people react to the things that you're offering them and the testimonials and how fast paced things are, how much control you have. And I think that was something that, or I know that was something that really has become a part of my fabric now. That's what I'm always looking for. Yeah. Not to say that I still love actually reading things about neuroscience and some of the stuff that I learned during undergrad I'm actually using, which is pretty amazing. Wow. But after that, I went into consulting, mostly healthcare consulting. But the combination, I think, of those two things have really brought me to where I am now. And also, I think the human interface between science and the fact that millions of people are taking these pills all the time, there's a really important human factor there that once the patient leaves the doctor's office, they're out there in the world, you know, they still have to keep taking these medications. And it's just as much as part of the experience of the medicine, focusing on the human things as well as the scientific things. Exactly. And I think that's the element that I was missing when I was working in a lab, developing these artificial arteries a little bit of like, I wanted more of that human interaction to understand who I am going to be helping, how I'm going to be helping them. But that just wasn't a part of that, which I get for what we were trying to accomplish in our re an academic research institution. I was at the University of Virginia, um, so I totally get that. But then when I went into the consulting world, it was almost too much of a 180 where I was too far removed from the science element. Mm. Um, while I was in the healthcare world, the other thing that you're even further removed from is that end user. 
And a lot of what I found that we were focusing on is like cutting costs and generating revenue mm, in business. Yeah, which needs to be an element. I 100% am on that train. One of the things that we talk about is that there's actually a graveyard of medication adherence companies out there and how are we going to be different what makes us different and really we think that our methodology is a a key to that in that we're starting very very user centric before we even started prototyping anything we talked to hundreds of people we started prototyping and every batch goes out to real users because we care about that person who's actually going to use this mm. and knowing that this is something that they you know it's actually solving their problem and then on top of that it's something that they want to use yeah definitely as somebody who's interested in working in the women's health space i talk a lot about birth control it's amazing that you've been able to actually find a use case and actually solve a problem because these issues are so ingrained there's so many different aspects of women's health and you know whether it's like the pill or the iud's or whatever is it developing a new birth control there's so many things that really need to happen so to actually have the focus pick a problem solve it i think is just really amazing <laughs> so just back to your childhood how was birth control taught in your neighborhood I mean, I don't think it was. <laughs> I also come from a Indian family. So those who are listening can't tell probably, but both of my parents were born and raised in India. And even talking about tampons is something that my mom would be like, why did you have to say that in front of dad? They grew up in this way where this is something that having a period, tampons, pads, any of the or hair removal, whatever yeah. it is, are all things that you only talk about with women in that too, you're hush hush. Yeah. If you're going to have a tampon or a pad, you hide it while you take it to the bathroom. So if that is something that is not really talked about, imagine what birth control is like, right? So that's something that I don't think I really had much exposure to outside of things that friends are talking about yeah like we didn't have cell phones at that time so nobody was you know using their cell phones to google those things or anything i actually think i did get a cell phone when i was in 11th grade now that i think about it what kind of cell phone was it oh it must have been like a flip phone or something like a motorola yeah (laughs) i don't even remember then it was when i went to college that it became more of a prevalent thing that people talked about a little bit more had a lot of friends and sororities and girl groups would get together and be like oh this is a pain or whatever it might be and so there was never really a teaching that was done about that whether it was growing up or even in college Mm -hmm. yeah or if there was I don't remember (laughs) I do remember having a sex ed class when I was in fourth grade because I think it was the first time that I ever had exposure to any of this stuff but they're not talking about birth control at that time you know yeah it's really annoying that they would just focus on the science and the reproduction part of things but then when it actually came to using birth control there was just no information there what to go that is a whole other topic that i could get into for a really long time so what else has surprised you about your users experiences one that really stuck out to me was there was a girl who we spoke to who if she didn't take the pill within three hours she actually started spotting so she was someone who tried to actually keep her pills with her at all times she had an alarm on her phone but she would generally try to take her pills before the alarm even went off because she was that sensitive to it 
Um, and so she started keeping it in this like makeup bag and the days that she actually did end up missing it, she actually quantified it. She said her anxiety went up 60%. And she's like, I was just distracted from work all day because all I'm thinking about is, oh, now I'm gonna start spotting. Then the reason that she even missed it was because she was at work. And that was something that took a emotional and productivity toll on her. Yeah. That's incredibly stressful. And as somebody who's ruined many a pair of underwear from annoying spotting, that's another problem that needs to get solved. Well, I mean, the Finks is kind of doing that. So there's other products out there and stuff. Um, yes, and so what's the other anecdote then? There was a woman who we spoke with who wanted to take her pill every morning before she got to work because she was trying to get into a habit of actually taking it. So she kept it next to her coffee and actually after a while she switched it to put it next to her water jug in the fridge because there were some days when she just didn't have time for coffee but she always drank water. But then what would happen is then she would get to work and it's very different from if you brush your teeth, you know you brushed your teeth. If you didn't brush your teeth, you know you didn't brush your teeth. But if you don't oh take God. the pill, you can't really feel a difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She said she had like a constant fear of being pregnant because she was like, I'm A, too young, B, not financially stable, C, my mother would kill me. Mm. And so she would get to work and a number of times she had to actually Uber home in the middle of the day to see if she took it or not. Most of the time she actually did take it, but that was something that really showed us that one of the values that we needed to provide was being able to say like, you have taken it or you haven't taken it more than just a reminder. Yeah. And then even if your phone is really far away from where your pill case is, mm -hmm. it should be able to tell you, yes, you took it this exactly. morning or you didn't. Yep. And that's something that is actually automatic process. So it's not like you need to go in and tell it you took it and that cuts out steps. And that's actually the differentiator between period and pill tracking apps versus us where it's automatic and it just happens versus you needing to go into an app and saying I took it at this time. Yeah I think as somebody who's used period tracking apps as well it's amazing that you could do that automatically. They would be like oh so how was your period and I was like oh I'm on day three gotta make up what my symptoms were for the last two days and then add them in there. Have you thought about gamifying it at all? <laughs> do you have a 30 day streak or you know something like that and I've never I haven't even actually looked at the app because well, I don't. let me show you okay. how we. Oh, it has a streak. Yeah. If you go into the calendar view, you can see your history, period, your moods. Amazing. I think that's so cool. We have a group of Avia insiders, which we call them, and they get versions of Avia and they get the updated app and all of this good stuff. But then they're calling us, they're texting with us, they're Facebook messaging us. One of my users who I love dearly, she sends me video diaries and it is phenomenal. And I didn't, as much as I knew that people had this need because we talked to hundreds of people before we started it was one of those things where actually having that response in the flesh was yes it was surprising it was encouraging mm. i think we have definitely veered more on the consumer side of things rather than this like medical clinical vibe but it is important for us to still be backed by science and backed by facts and be backed by doctors and that's something we take seriously mm. definitely so what does your typical day look like? Man, I wish I had a typical day. My days actually vary very, very much, but maybe we can do high level typical week. I've recently started my days by spending 30 minutes to an hour actually just reading articles, reading news, and that 
does two things for me. One, it keeps me up to date about what's going on, but then it also is this level of motivation either to be like somebody, to be better than some company, to do something. So what news outlets are you reading? I don't know if this is great for me to admit, but I start on Twitter. Um, Twitter is like a giant fodder of information. Yeah, like it is, there's so much on Twitter. I, I've started following a lot of CEOs. I've started following a lot of companies. And then I go to LinkedIn, which I know that these are two like not necessarily like news sites, but that's where I do find a lot of things that are relevant by people that I trust. That's good. And then Hacker News is another one that's really great for tech companies. I like to also listen to podcasts to get more like world news. Yeah. So what kind of podcasts do you listen to? Um, I like this podcast called The Daily, mm-hmm. NPR. Um, it's like 10 to 15 minutes. I love how I built this. I think that's a podcast that just I finished listening to that with more energy the Airbnb one is actually pretty fascinating if you haven't listened to that one. Peloton is a really interesting one, even though I know now in the news there's different stuff going mm. on, but at least from their founding story and how they raised money the first time. Yeah, I love how I built this as well. I haven't listened to the Peloton episode though, so I'll have to dig into that. Okay, so after you've finished right. prepping yourself for the day yeah. with all this information. That also usually includes some emails and stuff, but I generally through the week definitely have some meetings with either current investors current advisors or current mentors recently I am trying at least once a week probably just chatting with someone who I can help there have been people who've started reaching out to me and I can't talk to everybody but at the same time I really appreciate all the influence and impact people had on us and how helpful it was so wanting to pay that forward I used to actually think that, I was like, I don't understand why they need to be a woman to be a role model if you're a woman. But ever since I have started seeing more women in the spotlight, or I went to another summit recently where there was an Indian woman, and I was just like, oh my gosh, I have to talk to her. Because it is more inspiring Mm -hmm. in that way. Yeah, I think it's great. And I think, um, especially being in the birth control space, I see that as like a doubly courageous thing to do. Because anytime you're holding a press conference or panel, you're just going to slip in the fact that millions of women are using birth control and normalize the conversation around it as well. Because that needs, we need so much more normalizing happening. Yeah, that needs to happen. I 100% agree. And we had this event on Monday called U and Avia. I actually went to it. It's really fun. So as you know, we were at, uh, we held an event. Yeah, and it was really cool. We just had a lot of different kinds of women there who, some people were interested in sex education, other people were interested in hormonal health and it's just nice to have a space where you can have a sparkling lemonade and just have a normal conversation about these issues and topics that everyone's facing and what parts of the problems different people want to work on. Yeah, and I also love that afterwards people were, so many people stayed for so long. The one other thing I just want to share is like my amazing team. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing that you have such a great team behind you. Yeah. So awesome. I wish you all the best of luck. And I'm not on the pill myself, but if I was, I would definitely check out alvia.io looking forward to those other pill subscription companies like the pill club and nurex so people can just get the pill delivered to their house pop it in their avia pill pack and then be set for like a whole extra month which is 
really cool. Yeah, as you said, if anybody wants to check out Avia, they can at www.aavia.io. Yes, that's www.aavia.io. We'll have to do like a reconvening or something in six months or a year to see how everything's going with your users and stuff. Yeah, I'd love like... to. And I can't wait to follow who else you have on this podcast and learn from them and hopefully collaborate with some of them as well. Yeah, so many, many more episodes to come. Excellent. Can't wait. Thank you for joining us for this show. As always, if you have any feedback or want to get in touch with me, please DM me on Instagram. My handle is Tash R. Doherty. Or you can write me a little message and contact me at www.tashdoherty.com. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Lots of love. Bye.